Welcome back to an all new installment of Super Metal Brothers here on the old podcast. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. And welcome back, Danny, from a superb trip to uh, Europe land where we saw plenty of music, saw plenty of uh, nice venues and got to know a bit of the history about it. How was your time there? Oh, Europe was great, especially um, Camden for those people who haven't been in London. It's pretty much just like metal, hardcore, punk, central. There's like within like Stones Throw Away, there's like four or five different metal venues and uh, pubs you can just go to and chill out. And right next door, there's a, bit of, there's a Camden horse stable markets and that's, they're also quite good. Yeah, look, it was amazing. It's like having a, well, I wouldn't say 24-hour, unfortunately, but it's as close as you're going to get to it any night of the week. If you are bored and you need metal in your life and you've just been missing it, you just head down there, pay, you know, your $10 for a beer and uh, off you go with some great music. So, But we're not here just to talk about that. We're going to talk you through all news headlines. We're going to give a rundown on something a little bit different. We're going to talk about the uh, top seven albums uh uh, from Killswitch Engage, and we're getting uh, Adam D's take on those ones. And to finish it up, we're actually going to talk about the big part of our trip, which was Grass Pop. And funny enough, there was also another band that we went to go see, Danny. Oh, yes. This was fast. The, well, for me, especially the highlight of our trip. And it's actually the, the, the epicenter and our focus. We, we planned our Europe trip around this. And I'm not sure if I should tell you who the band is now or if I should make you wish upon the stars and look up to your sky when it rains. You might see a certain bow there. Yes, you've guessed it. It's Black Sabbath. I mean, sorry, Rainbow. Oh, Daddy. I think anyone over the age of 50 would have got that line, but glad for anyone who doesn't know, we did go see the Richie Blackmore's Rainbow Experience, but there's actually something to talk about that. The rainbow's in quotations, really, isn't it, Danny? Yeah, I think the Richie Blackmore part experience is good. Rainbow is just like a... It's like a, it's a tribute to some of their music. It, it, it's just a, it's just a Richie Blackmore show, and that's how it was always going to be. Yeah, so make sure you come and listen to what we have to say right at the end of the uh, the podcast, right? There. So stick around the whole time to hear our thoughts on Richie Blackmore's experience. But first, let's talk the news. Danny, first up, one of your favorite bands, Iron Maiden, has gotten outside the realm of music and gotten into video games. For the second time, though. That's right. Second time. For, for you kids out there, as in your millennials, there used to be uh, things called CDs, right? And oh, these these CDs were not just used to scare birds away from fruit trees. As, <laughs> as All you, the Italians in our audience. Yeah, Italian, hey, yeah. mom. <laughs> or use as coasters as an inside joke. You would get it. But back in the oh, late 2000s, no, late 1990s, um, I made it first came out with Ed Hunter, the video game, which is pretty much just a one-player shoot-em-up game. Which, you know, it was, was a terrible one-player uh, shoot-em-up game. I wouldn't say terrible. I just oh, wouldn't want to put much thought on remembering it. You oh, know? exactly. If you did, you'd be paying for bills like, um, oh, who knows? It, probably about the whole thing about suicide would be one thing or, uh, yeah, at least seeing some uh, major shrink. Yeah, definitely. Actually, the soundtrack was great. And being a first-person shooter, you expect it to be somewhat focused around a war of some degree being Iron Maiden. But it wasn't all just about shooting eddies and monsters and people like that. Yeah, so that game's actually been released today. We actually haven't played it. But if you want to get our thoughts on that, make sure you check us out next week. If you want to hear about it, we might get the game on our old Android or iPhone. If you've got the iPhone, it also runs with that. So yeah, so this one's called Legacy of the Beast is the new game. So watch out. I mean, Iron Maiden, they're pretty much the king of you know diversifying their merchandise or their money stream so yeah i think it's just another way for them to um look in the, the day they must be they've, they've had the plane they've retired the ed force one so i can only imagine now they're looking for the ed force two is and sort of like helicopters or a nuclear submarine yeah. they must have something else on the line 
bring back the Concorde, I reckon. So <laughs> why not that? You get those Airbuses, Air Force Bus One or something. Oh yeah, each of them can have like a, a little cabin to sleep in with. Man, <laughs> they are getting older. A they have floor to sleep on. Yeah, that's right. They're getting older now. They got to think about that. You're flying luxury when you're a bit older now. You know, they've done the hard yards. Why not? Well, from one band, legacy band with the sorry, one band with a major legacy to another, Megadeth with their ever continuing. Continuing rotating roster, Chris Alder, who was replacing the previous drummer, is also retired to focus on Lamb of God, Danny. Does that upset you as a not really a Megadeth fan? Uh, not really as a not really Megadeth fan. It does not really, really um, upset me at all. Not really, Matt. Really? Well, you know what? Maybe. That's fine because we can move on to our next uh, line of business, which is funny enough, we're going to give something for the listener and that's about child rearing. Because obviously when you think about you know growing up your child in the best way possible, you think of Super Metal Brothers. Yeah, no, I think uh, listening to metal your whole life puts you in a good stead to um, make yourself a very mediocre podcast like we do. So I think listening to metal from your childhood is a, it's, it's, yeah, it's a good way to start. Well, that's exactly right. The uh, website Wyatt has this person called Mr. Know-It-All. So, I mean, with a name like that, surely you can entrust with the development of your loved ones, surely. Sure, you want them to check the reverse lights of your car every <laughs> now and then with that name. Oh, well, aside from making sure your kids don't go into the bottom cabinet of your kitchen, you also can let them now listen to, and I don't believe this, Nah, I do actually. You can, there's zero evidence that one kind of music helps cognitive development more than another. So if your kid wants to listen to death metal, so if you want your kid to listen to death metal or to pop music or to jazz, apparently there's no difference. Danny, do you believe that? Yeah. Mm, maybe, okay, cognitive development is one thing, but human development, I think that's that's probably something which that's really... Right. I don't know too many metalheads who go into like a coffee bar and order like a decaf skinny mocha flat white which is um uh, the, the chocolate you spring on the top has to be like organic i don't hear oh, too many metalheads right. order stuff like that so there must be a certain drum music you keep playing your kids when they're young who grow up to be obnoxious know-it-all social justice warriors which no one really likes so no i think yeah for cognitive development okay yeah maybe to a point yeah. but you, when you when you want to talk to people you want to be friends with people you want a whole experience you just don't want to focus on cognitive development did you know speaking about things that people didn't like apparently kurt hammett didn't like lars Ulrich back in 1986 in fact there was plans to get rid of lars could you imagine megadeth i'm sorry sorry could you imagine metallica not having lars Ulrich as a drummer yeah at first that was a great segue man like we did there did not rehearse that <laughs> at all but you no, know, I I have dreamt about Lars Ulrich not being a drummer <laughs> Metallica. Could you imagine? Like maybe the drum kit would have been on Sanger, or you know maybe those like chewing gum uh, interviews would never be there oh, ever again. Yeah. Like it's funny though because Metallica, the drumming has become iconic for the sense that it does it does what it needs. But I remember times not he- hearing or seeing certain songs played live, and it's because Lars Ulrich couldn't do it. So uh, songs like Die Z from the Justice for All album. I don't know what he did during the recording process, but they couldn't play that song live because he couldn't handle the double kick. So, could you imagine a drummer that could? Uh, I guess it w- could you. Well, no. Well, to be fair, no one really goes as a fan Metallica due to their drums. They don't really like. They love the riffs and yeah. the and the lyrics. So, yeah. uh, look, if they got a better drummer, would Metallica still be successful? Yes, they they stuck with Lars. It's still a great success. So, I don't know. Having Lars in the band, no, it's just it's made it funny for the rest of us because he's. He gives hope to the average man that, yes, you too can be a, a lead <laughs> musician. <Absolutely. laughs> you practice 10, 8 minutes a day, you can be in Metallica. So uh, we'll, we'll go to our next story uh, with Decapitated. Now, this is 
from one drummer who's probably hit you know the snare bum once or twice every two to three seconds to a drum that can hit it once twice every two point milliseconds. This is decapitated. Now, decapitated are actually going through problems at the moment because they are alleging their label Earache Records have not paid them for their first four albums. Danny, did you know that the label was so apparently dodgy? No. I, th- I think that's a big problem. A lot of these like, um, bands, they just get sucked into record companies and one, they don't read their um, uh, the contract properly or right. two, they just get, yeah, they get screwed over because of the record companies are just dicks. Man. Yeah, well, nu- Nuclear, sorry, um, Decapitated actually did devolve that they did actually sign this as teenagers going into it. You know, I'm sure the label promised them all sorts of things like Honey and the ladies and also... You Ed know, Force too. And Ed Force, oh, exactly, yeah. the Airbus. The Airbus. But, but what they must uh doing now to make sure they get those uh, royalties back that they so deserve is they're raising money for a lawyer. So maybe in a form of a Patreon or a video game, they can raise some funds for that. Yeah, I mean, they could bust down the, you know, the main street in the town, but I don't think too many people would actually give them money for being a metal band. Especially to Capitate, they're, they're not really a... They really yeah. deserve, I mean, yeah, they haven't really released a bad album. You might not like an album much, much as in another album, but each one has some really awesome riffs to it. I mean, we're talking money riffs when we're talking about their Bored album. Oh, the latest stuff, especially the second half, oh, that's got it all, hasn't it? Yeah. No, the Capitate was quite enjoyable. We actually saw them live as well, I believe. Yeah, we yeah. saw them with suff- uh, Suffocation uh, back in yeah. the old Adelaide, and they, they provided an amazing performance. They had a great set list. Check them out, and uh, hopefully they get that money back. Um, talking about uh, some really interesting news now with John Sankey. Now, Danny, John Sankey, funny enough, he's an Aussie. I was not aware of this. And also, he actually was previously in a band called Devil You Know. Now, you might know Devil You Know from Howard Jones. And where's Howard Jones from, Danny? Well, you find out later it's from a certain band called Kill Switch Engage. Kill so Switch Engage. Yeah, it's a nice time there. Nice time. Stay tuned. So, John Zankley's left his band, Devil You Know, and now he's concentrating all his efforts on Legion Australian uh, the Legion Australian Metal Fest. Now, funny, Dan, we rec- we actually talked about this in our last podcast. That's true. So, we'll we'll wait until you go back and listen to that podcast. <laughs> and we'll sit there. We'll sit there. Yeah, we'll sit there. <laughs> we'll I've make got, sure. I've got my knitting needles. I can, I can pretend to know what I'm doing. So, all the best of luck for John Sankey and hopefully he can really get, uh, get really behind it. He's obviously spending a lot of time with it. Make sure you guys support it when it comes out. Finishing it off though, Danny, let's leave it on a high note as well. As mm. you know, Lamb of God have announced uh, tours with Slipknot, but they actually recently announced tour dates in Adelaide and Perth. Yeah, they're going to do the standard East Coast tour and pretend that the Middle and West Coast doesn't exist. Like so many other metal bands, Symphony X. Yeah, Symphony X. Well, hey, uh, look, uh, as I said last time, I'm just glad they come to Australia. Maybe that we don't know about a visa requirement, like to come to South Australia and like yeah. West Australia. Maybe there's something we just don't know about being people who live here. We take it for granted. So, Yeah, like a really strict thing on like fruit or like minorities or something that we don't know about. Yeah, it could be that. So, yeah. Well, they let us into Cuffston's back though, so I'm sure they can't be that picky about people they let in the country. Nah, you just give them a wink and a smile. <laughs> Getting anywhere, man. <laughs> well, that guy, that police officer to me was super friendly, so props to him and that. So let's move on to the headlines. Danny, let's talk our headline feature presentation for today, and that is Kill Switch Engage. We talked about them with the review of their last album, mm-hmm. Incarnate, mm-hmm. but funny enough, Adam D has some words for us. Yeah, I guess, I mean, who better to give us? Run down on the best Killswitch albums and the guy who pretty much writes all the albums and 
Adam D. Did you watch it? I can't even pronounce it. Uh, I wrote Adam D. Yeah, Adam I, I, uh, he, that's what he goes by in metal injections. So that's AKA what he goes by. Yeah. One time prices right winner in America. Oh, yeah, that if was you haven't awesome. do it, go see it. He, I think he ended up just selling all of his stuff. Smart move as a metalhead. He really can't afford a jet ski worth 20 grand, yeah. let alone finding water in the States apart from the East Coast, I guess. Well, actually, yeah. Well, if he's in California, good luck finding water there, man. Yeah. But here we go. We're going to talk about to you the best to worst, sorry, the worst to best Kill Switch Engage albums as voted by Adam D on Metal Injection. More importantly, though, we're going to give our comments on it because I know this is why you tune in to Super Metal Brothers every week. Mm-hmm. So let's start it off, Danny. The worst album, according to, or the one he likes the least, mm. I like to think this one's the worst because it kind of is, is the 2009 release self-titled Kill Switch Engage. Do you know much about this album, Danny? Honestly, I don't know too much about the 2009 Kill Switch Engage album, also because there were probably always many big hits on that album. That album is definitely a struggle town. I can't think of anything. I've got the album myself personally, and nothing of it stands out. There's some riffs maybe towards the end of the album, but... Nah, you're doing well. He, Adam T on point. He acknowledges that it's his least favorite album. And uh, yeah, I'm agreeing with him. Danny, it looks like you're siphoning through the CD. Is there anything you want to make a note on? No. Good. <laughs> We're going to talk about the second least favorite. So this is coming in at number six. Uh, funny enough, it's also called Kill Switch Engage. Uh, back when they first came out as a band in 2000. Uh, so for the 2000 release, they their first EP was called Kill Switch Engage. Now me and Danny have no real recollection of this album, do we, Danny? No, honestly, I didn't exist. Yeah, look, I uh, I must admit, I actually been told by anyone to check it out. So we're gonna skip past that one again. Super Metal Brothers. <laughs> yeah, we we know our stuff. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> Here's an album we do know. Okay, this one's called As Daylight Dies. This one comes in at number five. Now this album for me is definitely I can see why I put it this far down the list. But above the other two, I can probably see why because it does have some great songs off of it. Uh, mm. The one that comes to mind is definitely uh, Reject Yourself, the last track. Amazing. A real pumping, heart pumping one, ready to go. They Like Dyers, This Is Absolution. But also probably their famous songs from this album, The Arms of Sorrow and Micah's, which is typical kill switch with those heavy riffs and those nice little breaks as well. Yeah, no, I think this is a good album. Exactly right. Those... um. A lot of songs, like Matt just pointed out, which you can really get along. They're very memorable songs to you. So I, I do, I do rate this album. I think, I think this is actually a bit low. I think um, going to the next album, I think this one definitely should drop, jump up. Well, it's one funny. Position. It's funny now because uh, coming in at number five is actually Incarnate, which was the album that me and Daniel reviewed. So he's actually put this one lower on the list. Now, I can definitely agree that it deserves a spot probably lower, seeing as what the album's going to cover in a sec. But um, did you want to see this lower, Danny? As in, I don't rate it as well as the other ones. I yeah. think that's what we're trying to get at. Yeah, I think this one here came in this year. Like we, we actually talked about it on a previous podcast. Mm. Again, we'll wait for you to uh, <laughs> check out that wow. interview. Wow, we are doing nothing this often. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome, man. It's like, it's like when you watch like, those damn clip shows or like com- uh, TV shows. It's like, come on, man. That's laziness. You have yeah. a whole year to think of a show. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we, and we had, to be fair, we had three weeks to think of a show when we're in Europe. But hey, I was on holidays. Yes, it's my business. Absolutely. So if you want our real thoughts on Incarnate, make sure you check out our uh, podcast about it. Um, yeah. But really, I again, it's got some memorable moments on it. But and uh, honestly, I thought Daylight Dies had the better songs were better. Yeah. I think from Incarnate, I think we agree. There's like one track eight, I think was like the best track, whatever that one's called. I can't remember now. It was kind of like the uh, best track off the album. But the rest, yeah, go back and if you... Mm, we, weren't too, uh, we weren't too left with uh, nice warm feelings inside. 
So I, I think it's a bit too it's too high on the layer table. So we'll move it down. Uh, we're heading down to the list now to number three. This one actually was the album just before Incarnate called Disarm the Descent. Now this has a very similar feel to Incarnate, but I would agree that the songs that are better are better than Incarnate. Yeah, and this was the return of uh, Jesse as well. So every all of the original uh, Killswitch fans who fell in love with Jesse to start with were, yeah. you know, it's nice, it's nice having back there and did a great job, you know. Yeah, I remember I was super pumped and uh, got the album and really expected to be blown away by it. But I was glad, though, I was glad to hear Jesse and the, and a re, and it was kind of resurgence at the time as well because you could tell that uh, they were much happier. That was the start for me realizing that the old Killswitch might actually not exist anymore because it really does feel like this was the safer wet nut. We're happy now. We've got happier songs. And when they tease us with Incarnate with the extra tracks, which were really dark, depressing and fast and heavy, I have very much mixed feelings about what's going on with Killswitch. But at the same time, I can't be too hard on them because they still you know, write a good song. Yeah, and no, maybe that's what's happening now. Like the romance of them of Jesse coming back was great, but now you know, like all bands, when they get back together, like wait a second. So I get back with the ex girlfriend. It's like wait a second. It's just this doesn't seem right. I don't know why we broke up to start with. So maybe there's a bit to that. It's also got in due time on it, which when you go see it live, it is a song that everyone sings together, oh, and great, everyone has man. a great time too. So if anything, that album has that song on it. So yeah, then that's enough. Spoiling it at number two. We're almost getting there, guys. And so far, we can obviously agree that the list is fairly strong. Maybe we would swap, th- uh, you know, the Daylight Dies and Incarnate. But but now we're getting into the last two. Now, I don't know if people will agree with it, but we definitely do. Uh, finishing off number two is The End of Heartache. Danny, yeah. End of Heartache obviously was the I think, start of Howard Jones and mm. a real start of a heavy sound that they embellished from the previous album before that, which we won't mention just yet. But uh, a very strong, plenty of great songs that they still play to this day and uh, really, really, really heavy. Yeah, no, it's a great album. I think like, I guess the pinnacle of the album was the uh, Rosa Sharon, yeah. where we all, um, I remember actually one of my great experiences with that song, we were doing Soundwave how long ago, four or five years ago, and uh, we were like going into Marshall, we were doing like the whole like, you know, the circle pit stuff, and this song came on and we're doing the circle pit, and then I just grabbed the guy next to me. And we just started singing the uh, lyrics to the song. Oh, I never, never, I never knew who this bloke was. We were just like building the lyrics out, like giving each other, embracing each other's like awesomeness and the, the whole feeling. It was, it was a very nice moment. So, oh, absolutely, that's, that's one great thing that I got from this album. Yeah, you have a really a lot of those moments that really can get the pit going, uh, especially songs like "A Bid Farewell." Um, it was really, really strong stuff. It's really hard to really give you my favorite track off this album, but you know there are a couple of absolute critical uh, hits off of it. And uh, Heartache's great. Uh, when Darkness Falls, really nice and catchy chorus. Uh, take this oath. They're really good songs. So make sure you check that out. But finishing at number one, and I can definitely agree with this, and a lot of my friends in the metal community can. <laughs> Alive or Just Breathing from 2002. Danny, definitely. This must be one of the albums that every metalhead should own. It is. It's um, great. I think this is probably one of the first metal albums I actually really got into growing up as a, a, a rambunctious youth. I think they, they I can call myself. So that was it's a great, great um, album. It is a great album if you want to transition people or get people yep. into metal because it has a lot of the melodic stuff and a bit of the heavy part of it as well. So it has it all. And part of the things you can sing along to really catchy choruses, um, like Last Serenade is probably the Probably, I reckon, the pinnacle of that album. It's but. definitely the most remembered. Uh, probably because it has such a strong emotional connection to it with such a great chorus and some top riffs. But Number Day is Self Resolution. Uh, the Sons of Man, for example. These songs just hit you and 
they're, like Daniel was saying, it's a transition album, not just for people getting into metal, but people who are into different styles of metal. Like this is, I guess, a, hard, a hardcore band, but this album particularly has borrowed elements from thrash and some maybe death or blackened metal at times, just giving it a bit of a wink and a nod. And that's why they're so accessible, definitely at that time. Yeah, and I think it's great. So I, I think we pretty much agree with Adam's uh, top yeah. seven or so. Yeah. So he's got some self-awareness about him. Yeah, it's good. Uh, apart from, yeah, I still don't know Ben Carnet. I don't know why he does so high. Maybe because he's just like still pushing the album because it came up this year. Like, yeah, no, nah, it's awesome, but yeah, yeah it's totally. Great. Maybe in his head, he's like, ah, oh, da- da- Daylight Dies is better, but you know, he's got a soft start for uh, Jesse, and maybe his romantic feelings are more stronger than his brain on the instrument, which is fine. Yeah, that no, could be it. Yeah, I, I never I didn't actually see the interviews. I didn't see him sweat beads while he was saying that or like him twitching when he said, yeah, no, Carnage is my fourth favorite album. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, from top to bottom, good on you, Adam D. Thank you for your comprehensive list. We've certainly enjoyed it. I'm sure our listeners have. But yeah. main presentation time, let's talk about Grass Pop and then maybe talk about that rainbow band that Danny so much mm, loves. I do love me some rainbow. So Belgium hosted us. They hosted us over a Friday day. We didn't get a chance to see the Saturday and Sunday from Grass Pop, but we sure did see a ton of bands on the Friday. Danny, what was your initial reaction going through those pearly gates of divine, awesome bringingness? Yeah, all of those feelings. Uh, <laughs> but for me, I reckon, look, honestly, when I f- the first band we... Okay, and the f- we we walked past one band and we heard like the last song. I think that's Bloodbound, the last two songs. But yeah. when we finally got to a uh, band, when we got through doors and we settled, the first band we saw was Firewind. Now I've seen Firewind before in Brisbane, which was a great experience. I mean, they're very talented musicians, and I like being a bit of power metal. But the first when I when I got there and I was sitting there embracing in like all the other metalheads, and there's like. Just, just a, a a festival which is purely dedicated just for heavy metal, seeing everyone there and the culture. And I think I was actually overwhelmed. I was really touched and really, um, yeah, just overwhelmed by the experience. Yeah, the closest thing that people obviously will, or even when I did, was make a comparison to Soundwave. But for anyone who has never been to Grass Pop, imagine Soundwave with, but basically uh, one or two less stages, but a bigger playing ground, and also a dedication to metal fans with things like a metal market, for example. Like you can go through there, and literally there's at least two dozen stores that you can buy metal paraphernalia and accessories for your home, like CDs, um, you know, cooking utensils, anything like that. Really, hey, Danny. Yeah, and actually, there was one store which was actually quite clever. It was um, for five euros because from Belgium you could pick you know you tell the guy at the store what size shirt you were like small to like yeah. extra large wherever you are and then there's like a, a like pretty much a mystery box so you put your hand in this box of whatever size you are whatever shirt you pick out for five euros that's the shirt you keep so I guess it's a good way for like people getting rid of old metal band shirts that they don't want anymore but I mean yeah, what what you get out of there is just. Well, oh, I'd imagine good luck. one or two things. Either you'd get like a mainstream band like Kiss or Metallica or yeah. Slayer. That's probably why we see all those guys wearing Metallica shirts. That's right. Because they go to those boxes for five yeah. years. Or you'd get some absolutely underground, you know, tree branches logo, you know, all that classic <laughs> stuff. Yeah, the guys are just write like on a black text and a white t shirt. Yeah, like, it's like they wrote it down and then they got they smudged it and then they tore the piece of paper up and they sent it to the label and they were like, oh, it's brutal. But uh, Gushy from Firewind, yeah, that's when we really start to settle into our experience there. Uh, great performance. They played some of your favorites, Danny, but not enough of the album that you really like from them. Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, when I saw them in Brisbane, they pretty much destroyed that album, which was great. But it, it, was just, it was just a great experience. Like some songs you can sing well with. And 
even though his power mode of vocalist is, is quite powerful, so you never yeah. feel like oh, this is just cheesy. Yeah, it's never like, that's a bad yeah. And that's such a polarizing kind of sound, but. Again, uh, that's f- if you like it, it's fun. Um, going to our next band, which was on the next stage right after it, classic um, like death metal from Gothenburg, Soilwork we're playing. Yeah, I mean, like seriously, this this is if you you just need to look at the lineup of grass pop and you'd just be amazed that of all the bands and the caliber of bands playing on this like one weekend in in Belgium of all places. It's yeah. like, where's Belgium? It's tucked away so far south that. It's below, I think it's below. Isn't, isn't that what? Is that little island below Australia? Isn't that Belgium? Yeah, yeah. That's no right. one knows what Belgium is. It, it, we didn't even know what. We spent eighteen hours on a on a plane, but I reckon they were just pulling our noggin. I reckon they just drove us to the next airport and just like, yeah, this is Belgium. Yeah, Belgium. Sure, it's fine. But what was more important was the set list. I think it was pretty familiar. I remember seeing him in Australia, and I could have sworn the first six tracks they played were straight from the same set list. Great set list it was, but um. Uh, I don't know if I, how I felt. I was really happy because they were playing such great songs, but also like uh, I missed some of the songs that I didn't get to hear. So, uh, what do you think, Danny? Oh yeah, look, I I, I don't mind because I, the last couple of albums of work I haven't really been paying much attention to. So most of these songs were like the classic songs. So I I knew them, so I could sing along. So yeah, it was perfect. I enjoy it. They did a good show. It was, it was great. Yeah, we left Soil Work and checked out a band that very few people that I know know about. But I got put on them by Andrew Hogue. Hashtag there you go. Mentioning my best buddy. Put us back on <laughs> theandrewhogueradio.com. <laughs> Hashtag we want send the check to yeah <laughs> to Mad Brothers at hotmail.com. But we saw a band called Carrick Angren. Now, these guys are Kiss, if Kiss were even more satanic than Satan himself. The darkness of the production, their sound, their look was incredibly... It was almost like it kind of threw me off a bit. But there were some things we didn't like about Danny. Yes. The problem with like, these black metal <laughs> bands is that they, they feel like their metal is like theatrical and they have to, like, between songs talk and be all brooding and all like macabre and I just went to the shops and I oh. bought a hamburger yeah <laughs> it's just, it's just like, no, I don't care about your stories I don't care about what you're trying to say the problem is you can't even hear what they're saying anyway because they keep speaking with like a yeah, growl so you're trying, right. you're trying to be like deep and profound but I don't know what they're saying so just stick to the songs mate I don't give a shit I don't hear you talking about this stuff on your CD yeah, it's, it's play your songs Move on. If you want to write about, make a blog, and I'll if I if I, if I feel like I want to hear your thoughts and feelings, I'll read your blog, mate. But just don't do it. I I had a different problem with Carrie Hanger and Daniel obviously grievances are his own, and I'm sure they're well redocumented and researched. But the one thing I had a problem was the guitarist on the day uh, playing some songs that I actually have off their uh, album here, and he had a bit of trouble playing some of the stuff, and I was. A little bit concerned because they were so clean and so precise in the production, but not hearing him do it there just made me feel a little bit uh, detached. I was like, oh, okay, um, maybe he's he's a guitarist that might struggle. Maybe it's way too much face paint on, or <laughs> yes, right, getting his or eyes. maybe the black metal production they need to carry over. But their production in the city was good, so maybe they're the opposite from black metal bands where the live scene has to be bad, but then the city is good. I I don't know. I was a little shocked. Yeah, that's fair to say. I mean. Uh, I don't know what would be so negative on every band. I guess one of the positive things is they actually had uh, ballerinas and uh, ballet dancers. Oh, they were great. No, their side yeah. friends was really dark. And uh, if you're familiar with their style of singing, it's very, very depressing. It's very cool. No, like, again, that was the only, it was like a, it was only a small thing I had a problem with, but everything else was like, you never, I don't think you would ever get to experience these guys in Australia. They're oh, so yeah. low niche. They are so. 
Honestly, I don't think the people who even know them really know them. They're, they're that hard <laughs> no, to get a hold of. You can't because they wear paint. You don't know who they are. Oh, it could be your crazy. neighbor. I don't know. So after seeing Carrick Anger and we went over to see some other hard rock bands. I wasn't uh, like Mon- I think Monster Bagman or something were playing. Who was some of the other hard oh, rock bands? We saw that Monster Truck band. Monster Truck. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. We saw Monster Truck again. Yeah, right. Like Stoner cool. Rock, is it? Yeah. And right? and uh, oh. they had a lot of that for grass pop. You know, we weren't too mm. familiar with the Stoner Rock, but it was great to see how much that balanced it. You know, with Soundwave, you'd get punk or pop or anything in that that kind of alternate scene but this is all metal or a very hard rock so it was very cool it was very very cool yeah no, they, they did a good job and um, it's, I mean again it's just great it shows you all the uh, diversity that you can get in the festival which is you know you take for granted sometimes I, I know people want to just hear their bands and hear their own sounds but like for example you hear that band which I uh, didn't have existed but you go to the concert you go to a festival you see that band they actually you know they're actually pretty good and I might actually start listening to their, some of their stuff so that that's what's like, always a good thing about these festivals so yeah after seeing uh, we went quickly going to see Monuments play after Carrick Angram but then we were prepared for I don't think anyone can be prepared for this but we saw in the flesh Flesh God Apocalypse play around 3 o'clock in the afternoon and Danny this was definitely one of the strongest bands of the day oh it was fantastic they actually played in like a massive like enclosed like circus tent type area so yeah, this like dark area and it was raining outside so you had like this cold and brooding feeling and yeah, there's this dark temple sitting in, and you could barely see because there's barely any lights inside. Again, it's dark, so I mentioned the dark word again. And yeah, they came outside the intro of the King album. All of a sudden, yeah. that was very, that sets the tone up. Then all of a sudden, this chick, you could just tell it was going to be a beast of a uh, of a uh, vocalist comes out. She was a beast of a woman, mind you, but for a good reason. She absolutely ate up every single note that she sang. She was phenomenal. She comes out with this massive uh, Lord of the Rings uh, yeah, Spectre, Spectre thing, Trident, smashing spear. on the ground. Then the drummer comes out. You just knew that everything was coming out was going to be big and monumental. Yeah, they had the smoke machines going, man. Oh, the light production had, a, had two massive monitors, but they just played an incredibly strong set list. Lots of stuff off King, some of the stuff as well from the previous albums before those ones. So most of it was literally um, the King, it was the Labyrinth. And also the one with the violation that album on as well. So it was, uh, it was quite uh, the agony, the agony. Sorry, yeah, that was. Oh, if you, you, they were so proud of this that they actually put it on YouTube. Can you believe that, Danny? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Why not? I mean, that's that's good. again, it's a good way for them to advertise to the greater well what they've actually done, what they accomplished. It's got like a CV in the end. Well, the so. funny thing was, I've actually seen uh, DVDs from bands when they do a live performance, like God forbid, for example, have less production and they're actually selling a DVD and these guys were giving it to you free on YouTube it was phenomenal I, I think these guys are doing a real service to metal not only mm. their sound but doing really cool stuff like that um, just really get on these guys We know King's going to be one of the albums of the year for sure yeah. and seeing them live and seeing how they present themselves the, their dress up their sound production everything is done with so much amount of purpose and, and pre-thought uh, metagame strong with them 10 out of 10 yeah, no, definitely. They have a great sound. Having the opera singer there, actually live, like on, on the CD, she's there, of course. But when they tour around the world, it's hard for them to find a a um, opera singer, the soprano, whatever it is, to come with them. So for them, her to actually be there was actually great to f- to fill in the the gaps yeah. that it would exist. If she wasn't there, was it was good to hear. So we're really happy to see them. We thought we we're going to be disappointed with the next band because who? How would you ever? Uh, you know, even get close to such an amazing performance. But we saw the local boys play Heaven Shall Burn on the main stage with what must be one of the best uh, setups for a live band that I've ever seen, Danny. 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've remember seeing Heaven Shower Burn again, Soundwave. Uh, may it rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> again, several years ago. I didn't know much about back then, but they they look like a very professional setup. Uh, a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. The sounds look like, sounds alright. Yeah, like I, I'm not the biggest fan of the genre, but it's um. I think it was extra special because they were Belgian for one thing. So you, all the fans were getting behind it like it was their favorite soccer team. You could just tell everyone knew all the lyrics to all their songs. They were incredibly passionate. The mosh pit was insane. But uh, the band respected it and gave it back to him. The lead singer was incredibly charismatic, incredibly energetic, to the point where his red shirt, I could see his nipples through it. He was just sweating, like, profusely, Danny. Yeah. I wouldn't mention a nipple part. <laughs> no, they need to know. They need no, to they know need the story. They need a full experience. Well, you need, you yeah, need to yeah. be there, right? And Heaven mm. Shall Burn, again, are a great band. If you're into metalcore or that kind of heavy sound, they, are the, they actually claims it as one of the best bands of it. And... After seeing that performance with the massive backdrop that looks amazing, all this army-inspired stuff like uh, those sandbags and all these big barbed wire and all that, it was it was a complete experience. It was brutal, and they did not stop the whole time. Yeah, no, it's great. Oh, it's a great, great show. Um, yeah, you can tell just being being involved around that crowd who really get into the band always helps you lift up, and makes you enjoy it better. So. That they that they definitely um it was it was it was good it was good to see. So we saw uh, a couple of other bands throughout that day as well. Not for very long, obviously, because we wanted to make sure we can catch some of the other bands that we really went to see. But again, like a lot of hard rock, a lot of that stoner metal was there for us. Literally, there's a whole stage dedicated to it. But the next band, everyone knows, but also have become infamous for their live performances. Danny, we saw Disturbed. Interesting. Yeah, this is the first time I saw Disturbed. And I was actually excited to see him because you know everybody talks about him uh, I've got a couple of albums and well albums is a bit of a stretch is the hour one album they just <laughs> remastered remaster five times yeah. so we, we heard, we've heard their album and I, I was looking forward to it but unfortunately the singer I don't know his name he just killed it for me I just he, he did a well hit the stuff apart from this fourth thing kind of makes it a bit weird but he just doesn't smile. He doesn't really get energized. He doesn't put any... This is like he wasn't any thought effort into it. He yeah, just killed it. David Dram, I think his is name is. Dan Zonigan's a guitarist, which I'm a massive fan of. He gave a great performance. He was incredibly passionate. He was he was very expressive with his body language. But his guitar work is very, very strong. I think even his guitar solos and that, he knows his stuff. And unfortunately, like Dan was saying, uh, Dram... Really looked like the crowd was there to entertain him. And including this one brilliant story. Danny, you know the one I'm talking about when he gets the fans. He gets the fans' reactions. This and what terrible. does he do, Danny? Yeah, like, You know, normally when you go to like a country, like, a, lot of, a lot of bands, when they come to Australia, they'll start like the Aussie, 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 Oi, 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 Aussie, Oi. The champ. Because, you know, they want to show the fans they appreciate them. And they'll say, I'm part of your culture. And I'm like, we're like amigos, man. You know, hombres, I, I, I'm here to... Um, and I really appreciate you being here, but this guy here, mate. He, instead of him doing that, he does he does the opposite. Instead of him thanking the crowd, he's like, no, no, you should thank me. So what well, he, he started like a chant. I guess it's like Belgium's version of Ozzy, Ozzy, Oi, Oi. He was like, nah, 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 nah. And instead of saying Belgium, Belgium goes, nah, 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 disturbed, disturbed. And he's like, come on, crowd, now you do it. Yay! Yeah, I kind of like the crowd at first are like, for real? Like, it was a bit quieter. Normally, the crowd would respond to anything where it was crowd participation. But the crowd was a little bit like, ah, do we need to? But eventually, I guess, most, uh, generally, uh, a larger percentage than half did it. 
But you really got the thingling because he was walking around on stage the whole time. He was very going through the motions with his vocals. His middle range was strong. You know, he can do it naturally quite well. But his higher range and his lower range were just so weak and just not very. It didn't grab you enough. He was very much. He's done it. He he, he deserves. He get you get the impression that he he feels like he's entitled to a big stage presence and. One that, oh, oh, if I was on stage, I never would have taken that for granted. Oh, but you, it I'm, felt like he did a little bit. Yeah, if you go back like, to the Heaven Shower Burnley singer, he actually got oh. everybody to start like, a wave from the going... Instead of that makes a wave going left to right, he got it from the front of the crowd all the way to the back of the crowd. And the Heaven Shower Burger, he's like, all right, everybody, I want you to do this for me because it'll be great. Yeah. yeah. I guess with a crowd excited and having fun. Yeah. But then the Sturb guy goes, now I want you to show your appreciation for me by ch- singing a song... Or doing a chant that I've told you to chant. Like it's not like you've spontaneously done it. Like you yeah. know when you want a band to come back for an encore because you're so appreciative of being. There. No, it's like near the start or the middle of the set, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, you think you should cheer me for being here. You're welcome. You're welcome, Belgium. Yeah. You're so welcome for me being your country." They did play yeah. their classic songs, which was good. You know, Superfly and Down with the Sickness, stuff from Intractable. I think it was only one off the Asylum album, which was weird. It was mostly, but the disappointing thing, and even more so than David Draymond's performance. Is the two cover songs during two the set. covers? One sound of science. Now, depending how you feel on this, uh, I heard people obviously they've been played in every single radio station across not only Australia but the world. So it's got a strong response. But then he came out as a treat for us apparently with Motley Crue's Nicky Sticks and did uh, "Shout the Devil." And by that time, I was like, I could be hearing anything. Um, I could be hearing all this. I don't think they played enough of off of uh, but the Believe album, you know, Prayers or uh, Liberate or um, anything. I, I was at that point. I was like, this is this is definitely David Dram's show. We have like a forty-five to fifty-minute set to play like two cover songs in there. It's, that's like like a, a fifth of your time, whatever it is. You just you've just lost like covers, and oh, and again. After he does Sound of Silence, he, I mean, that, that's, that's, yeah, okay. But wait. Oh, this is great. Oh. He's so angry. Oh, Please. mate, this is, just, this is stupid. But for that part, look, to be fair, they did a nice job. He got like a little ensemble out to play like the um, melodic parts and that was quite nice. It, it, it sounded quite, it sounded good, man. nice and warm, fit the tone of the song, etc. But after he finished the song, you know, he, he just didn't like finish it and people clap and then he goes, he bowed. It's like, it's like, you are welcome, Belgium. <laughs> you are welcome he, he that I did a cover song and that you all are just amazed and you, you, you should appreciate my genius of doing a cover song. He's a bigger heel than anyone, than Kevin Nash in NWO, <sighs> than um, The Rock was in The Nation of Domination. This guy needs to be in wrestling, not, not in um, rock, because he's such an antagonist. He's a bad guy. Literally, he's a bad guy who's in a good band. He's in with Dan Dogenigan, and he's getting... Oh, I don't get it. I'm literally, like you said, Danny, but the way the he is... The smugness. The, oh, the, 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 off the radar. I couldn't believe this South guy. Doing he's on one him. of those guys who orders those bullshit flat white decaf mocha <laughs> organic coffees. It's him. Yeah. He's the man. Don't, don't teach your kids to stir, all right? Yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's hilarious. So let's talk about Sorry. something that made us Sorry. very happy. Because even though, just, uh, again, just when they were good with their songs and, you know, the, the register was cool. But this is a band that took us off guard, but for great reasons. Foreigner, 40-year yeah. anniversary, I think it was, Danny, coming to Grass Pop. Yeah, this is, um, it just it doesn't seem to fit with like, the rest of the lineup. And, like, I know we have, strange. like, classic bands. Like, we'll have, they had Sabbath there and they had Maiden there and Megadeth. Kiss, I think and, it was, yeah. Yeah, but then, but Foreigner, you know, 
But a lot of these guys are doing these big cameos. Like foreigners come back, Europe's come back. Yep. Then they're, they're changing the sound now. So but the best thing about it is a lot of metal heads get it, and they were singing every song. You know, cold as ice. I don't think I've ever heard a crowd so loud. And yeah. they were every fan there was pulling these beautiful love ballads to each other. And then there was like, oh my gosh, this orgy of awesome! It was oh, amazing. Yeah. I mean, some black metal shirts and everything, just getting fully into embracing. Because look, a lot of these. Pop rock bands, whoever you want to call them, they actually are really talented musicians. So yeah, songs like Double Vision when they first came out was like, wow! I remember hearing this on the Angry Video Game Nerd. You know, like yeah. just such an amazing like array of songs. Literally, ask your mum and dad about any song, and they'll tell you all about Foreigner because they were on everything. Yeah, the interesting thing about Foreigners, they got like a like most of these older bands, they get like the young new lead singer back because the original lead singer. Can't an octave over can't three octave, octave low C. Probably, probably have fisticuffs with the guitar, so you never might have passed on. I'm not too sure. Drug what. related. Sure, yeah. that's a good one. Not sure if foreigners case. Not all Aussie Oz one. Yeah, that's right. We just can't keep going and going <laughs> and going. But the funniest thing about this lead singer, it's just, I think he, he, oh, over, right. he over like, um, oh, I don't know, over felt the passion of his band because he was getting overly excited and enthused. He'd be like, yeah, we're effing foreigner. We're the best. He no, no, swore no. a lot. He swore like, come on, let's get effing excited by this. Yeah. He just like, it was too passionate. I'm like, take it down a notch, <laughs> <man>. you're foreigner. <laughs> All right. If you're flesh god, I would have put it, but foreigner, I'm like, no, dude, this is weird. Yeah, if you're like Lamb of God, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, he's like, he wanted to start like a circle, but like, fucking man, let's get a circle, but like, yeah, foreigner. Yeah, it was a little jarring to see him drop F-bombs and talk about oh, how he's going to make sweet love to your mum. Um, but then again, it was far enough so you would get away with it. They honestly would have impregnated anyone over 40 just with that guy's voice. Yeah, no, look, oh yeah. It was great to see. And it, I mean, he was having fun. Oh, and was he awesome. sounded great. Oh, that was, awesome. was fine. It, yeah. it brought us back to why people want to go to these big festivals because all of a sudden, you're not just there with a billion people. You're there with a billion people sharing an amazing experience, singing together, dancing together. Um, I just can't tell you how much... I missed it as soon as I got there. I was like, this is going to be one of those special things and hopefully Legion can uh, recreate those experiences for uh, the community uh, once again. I'm sure they're going to be there to support him. Finishing it off though, Danny, we had to leave a bit early because Belgium's uh, buses aren't very forgiving. Yeah, that's true. Um, to be fair, the only band we kind of really missed was King Diamond, which I wasn't too really about. Sorry for the King Diamond fans out there. <laughs> uh, and then there's also Black Sabbath, which we saw a couple of months ago. Yeah, we saw them. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I didn't really... Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. but I wasn't too excited about seeing them again because Ozzy just... Yeah. Uh, again, previous podcasts, yes, I know we're repeating ourselves, but... Yeah, funny enough, Ozzy Osbourne still feels compelled to keep singing after Black Sabbath. He still wants mm. to do a solo project. I don't mm. know if that's going to work, but he does bring good guitars on board, so yeah, we'll, we'll wait see. and see. Maybe he just like, stays around like, the C scale, like just sings Ode of Joy over and over again. <laughs> you got three notes, Aussie. Yeah, yeah, three notes. Don't move. Mary Hello Lamb. Yeah. Uh, but the last one we saw was another classic was Megadeth. So we only saw a couple of songs then, but at least I finally saw Megadeth live. So that was great. Yeah, not with Chris Older. Obviously, he was out of there by then. He's playing with Dirk uh, Verbulen, who was actually doing double duty because he also played with soil work. And anything that guy touches is amazing. I get two paychecks this week. So uh, that was cool. But again, you, you get to see uh, an amazing guitarist. You see Dave Mustaine. And he's also got a new sidekick at the moment. His name, I uh, Kikalu Renault, who's like this massive guitarist. You can play anything in any speed at any time. Just in a tremendous talent. So, great. And he played, fun enough, played some stuff of Rust and Peace uh, for us before we get to leave. So, that was cool. Yeah, no, it was great. So, um, it, our, our experience with Grass Bowl, I think, was very old, very positive one and very, very, very appreciative that we could um experience the um the whole culture and 
just a metal culture in Europe and how similar it actually is to the people you, the metalheads you meet around the world are like the metalheads you meet in here, Adelaide. Yeah, in Adelaide. It, absolutely. Easy going, great. Like even like Matt, for example, had his backpack and his, we left the zip open by mistake. That's and right. This, this massive like six foot six tank of a Russian dude oh. literally like points to Matt's bag and speaks to a Russian like and then he says, oh, and we indicate like Matt's bags open. So like straight away tied up. But just like those good deeds like that and the, the, the kindness of these like metalheads, it's just, it's just, it's just yeah. Found everywhere. Everyone's so. very accommodating. It's it's exactly why you're right, Danny. It's like being at Soundwave, which is funny. I've been home for a lot of people because they just find themselves right at home in festivals. So we'll leave it at that and move yeah. on to our feature presentation. And that's talking about Richie Blackmore experience, but we're not going to say rainbow, even no. that's what the flyer says. Danny, <laughs> that's right. That's what ticket why says. are we not going to say it's rainbow? Yeah. Probably because like 50% of the set list was. Deep purple songs. Yeah, and for a lot of people who were waiting to see songs like or hear Gates of Babylon, for example, yes. or Kill the King, yes. and going home sad that they listened to Smoke on the Water. Yeah, it's just like you had Deep Purple's been around and been playing continuously since like Black Richie left. Rainbow stopped in the early 90s and has only come back for these last three shows. Yeah. We caught the last or last, like maybe he might come back in next year. Unlikely. So we saw one of his last three shows. We're claiming it, one of the last three shows of all time. And for him to play like Deep Purple songs, it's kind of like when you go out with your missus and you go to a restaurant and she brings her really attractive like sister with her. It's like, yeah, I'm really glad she's come and I really enjoy looking at her, but I've seen her a lot lately and I just want to spend time like focusing on you, yeah, aka right. Rainbow. That's right. And so yeah, it was a little bit like of a disappointment, you know, and that's the way it's... And you knew she wasn't going to go home with that night because she's had to take her sister and drop her sister off at ballet practice or something. So Yeah, so, like, so the night came to an end, like I guess most of my nights. Yeah, so, so uh, talk about some of the, the highlights of your oh, uh, time there. I know there are a couple there that got you a little bit uh, teary up, you know, like it was raining in there. Um, tell me about some of those experiences, Danny. Well, first, just getting through the door was absolutely brilliant because uh, we were getting our tickets. We had to go through like one of these like ticket masks, uh, get, get me in dot com. It's like, yeah. a, it's like in it's, Europe. It sold out five minutes, right? Yeah, it sold out five minutes. It, was only, it wasn't a big venue. It was kind of like an old school entertainment center. It had about like 15, 16,000 people. That's right. So we got our tickets pretty much like through online, pretty much a scalping websites that they're all legal. They've done it all through Europe. I think mean, it's complete crap. So but yeah, anyway, we got through. Well, yeah, we paid double the amount for a ticket. Ugh. We traveled 18 hours on two planes Ugh. and we played at least two or three grand just to get there. Ugh. And what are we going to feel if we got to the door and these tickets weren't going to work? It was the biggest uh, problem we thought we were going to have yeah. on our whole trip. But thankfully, Danny, not even a single problem. No, no, we got in, which was great. So that was, that was a bit of relief, and I uh, and it actually had a really cool thing in the in the in the um the venue, like the foyer area. They actually had like a little small band like playing before the show started. That so was good too. Yeah, they were cool bands. So like, I thought that was a really clever idea. I think more um, venues here might have to consider. Well, it brought a massive crowd with them too. Like honestly, if yeah. you're playing in the foyer for Rainbow, you'd probably get a bigger turnout than you would play in your local or even like, you know, a Stone's Railway in a stage or a pub. Like it was it would have been a good gig for them. Yeah, no, it's great. Like and they also had like another band um before Rainbow as well, some Amber something, uh, some just folk rock band. Like the, the lead singer was fantastic. Chick was great, but the rest of the band was like, ah, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that was probably, unfortunately for them, when you play with a massive band, like no one there wants to see. And I guess that's why big bands yeah. get bands like that sometimes because they know they're here to see us. All you're going to do is make them wish they were seeing us quicker. Yeah. And for them, they'll like it. And uh, unfortunately for anyone who are playing with Rainbow because unless you were D.A. the man himself, I don't think anyone would have cared uh, about it too much. Yeah, that's true. But I guess we'll get on to Rainbow and the Richie Blackmore experience. So first thing first, they had the classic rainbow uh, LED light lighting oh, around the stage. So awesome. I don't think yeah, a rainbow great. could be that awesome. Oh, it's fantastic. That's so wrong. Yeah, no, so that was great. So yeah, you had the classic like uh, the, the tour they did through like Germany and stuff back in the 70s. So seeing that rainbow at the top, was it brought back all the nostalgia there. So that was great to see. Yeah. And first thing you see is like Richie Blackmore dead middle. Like, I mean, he started with a solo and stuff. So, and they start with Highway Star. So, he starts with the guitar work a bit. So, he's like dead center of stage. And then the new lead singers to the left there. And, like, he did a fantastic, absolutely brilliant job. Um, was his name Ronnie Romero? Donnie, yeah, Donnie Romero, that's right. the new guy. Fantastic. Does it just service because we've seen him with his other band doing covers of Dio songs. Unfortunately, his band cannot hold it to him. They are yeah. holding him back. Ronnie Romero, do something about it, leave or just kick them up the bum because you are so much a better singer than that. Yeah, so they they were, they were great. Um, he was uh, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I, I wouldn't you wouldn't call him dear, of course. He's his own man. He's more, he's more of like the Jolin, Turner David Coverdale type of singer. But oh, it was the power was, was great. all there. The power was there. The range and the control, fantastic. But I guess the highlights were after I like, did um, Highway Star. They did uh, Mistreated was great. Because everybody did like the slow clap with mistreated, like din din, bam bam, and that, and everybody like knew the words, and that was great. Then after that, they go straight into like since you've been gone, which is like it was one of their songs they did like in the eighties when they wanted to like, start hitting the American market, and it's just so it's just cheesy goodness, man. Oh. It's it's like cheese pizza with cheese stuffed crust and cheese in the dough you can't get more cheese in this song but it put a massive smile on my face yeah it's like you could go through a pizza uh, or the, the song through about the same time if you like it that much because it's like 2 minutes th- uh, 30 seconds it's really short or something but it's yeah, like you said it's all good the whole time uh, fantastic uh, what do you think about stuff like um, Soldier of Fortune where the whole crowd got behind it and started singing yeah, or um, catch a rainbow, anything like that. Yeah, and they're great. Yes, right. Had their ballads chucked in there as well, which I think was a, they put maybe a bit too more of this, too many of the slow songs together. But I um, that was cool. Even they had like the little solos and stuff, which were great. The keyboard is a, is a monster. But after they sort of they went back into another slow song. Yeah, that kind of sucked a little bit. That kind of sucked. But yeah, so but Soldier of Fortune, Catch a Rainbow, great, great songs. You can just sing along to because they're nice slow paced, um, good melodies, and they have meaning behind them. So hearing the whole crowd singers was fantastic. Yeah. Um, then they cut into like Perfect Strangers, like I don't know, Deep Purple like stable, but I love the ending they do where they just they change up how the chorus is. So that was very powerful. Like yeah, like, dan, dan, dan. yeah, it's one of those yeah. songs that all right. If you had to see any song, uh, Perfect Strangers would be good to see. Rich React Wars, but because you got new, um, Steve Morse doing the actual Deep Purple guitars, and he's no mean fit. I mean the guy. John Petrucci happily admits that he rips him off. So you can tell this guy's at a certain level. And he's seeing he's doing it with Ian Gillen and stuff. So seeing songs like or hearing songs like, like Black Knight and Smoke in the Water towards the end was Yeah, it's like fan service, but your rainbow crowd was there and you didn't play some of those staples that I thought and that was the only thing I was like, Oh, if they play it, I'm gonna lose my shit and uh for me, I loved it. It was amazing. Um, I, w- I would love to hear those songs live, but um, when we heard Stargazer, I guess everything was washed away. Stargazer. I mean, they they actually didn't do like the the 
the the first like intro part where they did the drum roll, they just cut it straight into the dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And when I knew what they were playing, I stood up yeah. and I was like, yes! <laughs> yeah, Daniel popped. Um, that is, oh, that by that crowd time, everyone in the crowd was up and they were standing oh. for the rest of the set list, which was only another three songs after that anyway. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, the guy next to me turned to me and shook my hand and said, how amazing was that? I'm like, yeah, we probably won't get to experience uh, that. It's, it is one of the best songs ever written yes. in rock and metal. And if you don't know what I mean, it's like if Led Zeppelin we're like at the height of the game all the time for one song. I mean, it's just like that song is just unbelievable. Stargazer is the most brilliantly written piece of music. If this was done 200 years ago when this guy, when this person would have been like Richard Blackmore would say a, a famous German composer, this song would be like the pinnacle song that everybody would want to learn. Because honestly, this song here is just so brilliantly well written, so powerful, so poignant so potent it can never be recreated no. even even like a juggernaut like dream theater who can play every note anytime and they're like the musical alphabet you know they can recite it Sorry, that's good. at 300 bpms they couldn't recreate it they couldn't even get close i mean jamie lizabrowie is uh probably one of the reasons why but it was you yeah. know it has a staleness everyone who even tries will never get the emotion or the raw impact that they did and Richie Blacknall was so over, like he just loved it you could just tell he was he was fist pumping in the air he was hugging the crowd after certain songs and this yeah. is one of them yeah this was great and normally Blackmore can be a bit of a prude on stage or a bit of a, like an arrogant person and I won't elaborate too much of that or sometimes he's walked off stage or he's barely practiced and the songs are a bit like sloppy there's that one time with Deep Purple on tour in the early 90s and he just like didn't continue to tour and I think they got Joe Satch or Steve I one of them too um, I think it was Joe Satch yeah, yeah to finish off the tour but this one here you can really tell that Blackmore loved it man you're like Matt saying he's pumping his fist getting excited hating the crowd so yeah he really loved it but yeah I think yeah. I think you can tell you can smell Richie Blackmore when it came to two things one the set list itself you know, like you were saying he was playing Deep Purple songs but two he was centre of the stage mm. the singer was standing right at the stage for a majority of the concert he was rarely in front of Richie Blackmore yeah. and Richie Blackmore's guitar was over everything. It was over piano solos. It was over everything. You could hear it all the time. Uh, it, for me, I didn't have a problem with it because, yeah, it was his night. And secondly, it's good to see a guitarist like himself get put up like that because everything is around the guitar. So it wasn't that big of a deal. Oh, yeah. like He's one of the greatest um, songwriters of all time. You, this is a German. Like, to be fair, I can understand why he played his deep pair songs because he hasn't probably played them live for such a long time. And, it's probably his last chance to play them and he wanted to play them the way he does because even Smoke in the Water, song simple as that, he actually has his own way of plucking the strings when he plays the chord. So yeah. he has his own feel to all these songs and I guess he just wanted to relive that again. And So I can see, I can see why he did it. And look, I look I'm, I'm not... I'm a little bit upset like Matt because we want to see more of the like Rainbow Classic songs so I haven't heard them ever live and it's been good to hear them live. But oh, same thing, I'm, just, I'm just glad that we were. I was able to see Richie Blackmore live and Rainbow live. and Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a lot of people box. that we know uh, were, that uh, aired their grievances that we were seeing them and they had to because they might not ever experience a performance like that. And especially for someone like me and Daniel who, who first got into metal through our father and our cousin who would actually play this on Fridays and Saturdays nights. So when people... So I don't know about you guys. So your, your dad or parents might play football with you or they might take you to the movies or do something that's really good that you connect with. For us, it was listening to Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. Every Friday and Saturday night, we'd sit down and we would just take it in and that's how we would do it. And so these songs are very much resonated very strongly with us and to see Richie Blackmore play them live 
and Night Without Missing a Beat uh, was really much, you just can't ever experience, tell people that you need to go there experience it. And for those who didn't, you really missed out something special. Yeah, I, I think we'll leave a fresh of that. It was just, it was just a great, a great moment in our lives, and yeah, I just, yeah, I'm just, I'm really thankful that um, we could have that night together. It was great. It was fantastic. And with that, guys, welcome back to our probably longest ever podcast. But we are back now. We'll be doing this weekly again, and we'll go back to our normal format. We're going to talk some seriously cool stuff like. Uh, the headline news, we're going to do some uh, just regular stuff, CD reviews, but we're also going to reach out to any metal bands out there or anyone interested in being on the show. If they want to do an interview with us, please contact us through Facebook or Twitter. We're more than welcome to have you guys on the show and get more involved with it. And uh, yeah, we'll be putting you over for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we always like to share um, the enthusiasm and the spur of metal and everybody's appreciation of it. Or if you're in a band and you just want to get yourselves out there, let us know. We always like to talk to new people and I understand you guys knew what we thought we were away for the last couple of weeks so I understand the um the flowers haven't come yet so just let you know we're back yeah so if you want to send the flowers and the chocolates and, we, we, and you must yeah, have forgotten here. though because I was waiting from that at the airport but that's okay guys we're, we're, next yeah. time we go back you can come meet us there so we're going to review a new city next week called uh, a band called Omophagia now these guys here oh, are brutal so we're going to kick it off for the next week but until then I'm Super Metal Brother Matt I'm Super Metal Brother Dan and we are the Super Metal Brothers here on the old podcast we will talk to you next week have a good one guys have a good guys take it easy